What would it mean for Utah football to win the final Pac-12 championship before joining the Big 12? We're talking about on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more right now when you bet on Super Bowl, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner. You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Yes, you heard that right. When you bet on a team to win the Super Bowl, every time they win in the regular season, you can get money from it. So make sure you guys head over to FanDuel.com slash on to get it on that great offer for our friends at FanDuel today if this is your first time listening to our show my name is jt was just former intern inside the university of utah athletic department we thank you for tuning in and like and subscribe if it is your first time love interacting with you guys in the comments as well as on youtube and social media you can follow us at locked on you so on today's show we're gonna be talking about the utah receiver position a little later talk about the present what these guys will look like in 2023 and then also preview the group overall in the beyond as well just look past this year because i do think this group is a bright future overall but uh before we dive into all that, I want to talk about what it would mean for Utah to win the final Pac-12 championship before joining the Big 12. And of course, when you're talking about Utah winning the Pac-12 championship this season, that would give them a three-peat. They won it in 21. They won it in 22. They win it in 23. That's a three-peat. And I don't think, I think just because the Pac-12 is, you know, come crashing down now and not going to more than likely, and more than likely not going to exist next year. I think it's getting lost a little bit, and the Pac-12 is really good this year in general, so it's going to be very hard for Utah to three-peat, right? But, man, if Utah could, I just think it's a great opportunity for them to boost their brand because it's something very few college football programs have done is three-peat as conference champions. In fact, I looked uh, over the history starting from, and I did from the 90s on. Yes, there were some, I'm sure, that did it before that. But I really wanted to focus on uh, just the 90s on overall, uh, talking about current teams in the in Power 5 conferences overall, like just doing it in a Power 5 conference. So let's start with the Pac-8, 10, and 12, all the different numbers and variations they have done. Washington did it, uh, 90 to 92. USC did it. 2002 to 2006 that's a four-peat Oregon did it from 2009 2011 winning the first the last two Pac-10 championships and then the first Pac-12 championship as well so only three teams in the Pac-12 have ever three-peated at any point in the conference's existence and Washington was back when they were just the Pac-8 overall I believe they might have been the Pac-10 now at that point but let's go to the ACC then right so who's done in the ACC well Clemson they won it for an impressive six straight years uh from 2015 to 20 Florida State did it from 12 to 14 so once again just two ACC teams were able to do it. Then let's look to the Big Ten, right? Well, the Big Ten championship game is actually only really, I think, since 2011. So Ohio State did it from 17 to 20. And that's end list right there. That's all it's done in the Big Ten in terms of three-peating. So three consecutive Big Ten championships. Ohio State's the only one. Michigan has won the last two. So if they were to win like Utah this year, they would then also give themselves a three-peat, which they're very set up to do. Uh, Florida, as we've been talking a lot of Florida football lately on Lockdown News, they did it back in 93 to 96. So technically a four-peat there. And uh, even the Alabama Crimson Tide under Nick Saban, all the national championships and everything they've had, they only have one three-peat. They did it from 14 to 
16. Even Georgia, you'd probably think you're like, oh, they had to have three-peated at this point, right? Wrong. They lost in 21 to Alabama. So, yes, they won this most recent conference championship, and uh, I believe they won the one when they had Jake Fromm as well, but they're nowhere close to three-peating. They would have to win this one even just to notch their first two in a row in a couple years as well, I believe, overall. So uh, that's the SEC as well. The SEC's only got two. And then we go to the Big 12, so of the, which Utah is going to be entering with all these conferences overall. And, once, and for this, I really wanted to focus on the Power 5 conferences. That's why I didn't look at any outside stuff um, uh, for any of the outside members or other people coming in overall, just because the Power 5 has been perceived as the top football leagues overall, right, since the 90s and everything going on. It's all that I've kind of, that's what I consider like the right now that matters, right, like what I've kind of been alive for, what I've seen, uh, just how we view college football at this moment. I, we're not talking about Nebraska here and not just because they haven't three-peated since the any time before that in general. I just want to focus on the now in, in this discussion. So there's only one team in the Big 12 that's three-peated as conference champs. That's Oklahoma from 2006 to 2000, 2008. Then if you guys remember this, which it seems like forever ago, that this was even the thing. The Big 12 actually didn't have a championship game for a long time. Then they realized how not smart that was because it was in part keeping them out of the college football playoffs. So then they put one back in and from 17 to 20, so four years, Oklahoma was able to win it. And uh, if you guys don't know this, Oklahoma, this is their final year in the Big 12. So that means if Utah could three-peat, it would be the only team in the Big 12 that has thus three-peated as a Power 5 conference champion. And that's a big deal to me. I think it just shows the position that this Utah brand is in overall. And uh, even just re recapping what I just kind of talked about, how many Utah has a chance to three-peat as conference champions? How many college football programs have done that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, only 10 other programs have three-peated as a power five in a power five conference as a champion overall. So this would be an incredible mark for this Utah football team if they're able to accomplish it. And they absolutely have the talent. The biggest obstacle they'll face, in my opinion, isn't just the teams they play, but the multitude of great teams they play this upcoming college football season. They're really good teams. Great gets thrown a lot, a lot, um, but really good teams just in a brutal schedule overall. But I think three-peating would be huge for this Utah team and it would only continue to bolster their their brand, right? I mean, this is a Utah team that has played in the last four Pac-12 championships, won the most recent two, as we discussed, two Rose Bowl appearances, another big thing that overall just putting you on a national stage. And uh, I still, look, the loss to Florida probably hurt the national perception a little bit last year, but I still think it was a big boost to this Utah brand to go into the Rose Bowl and play Ohio State really competitively in that game. Uh, overall, even though Ohio State was down some of the top receivers, Utah was down some of their top corners overall. But either way, I thought that was one that was huge for Utah's brand um, overall. And uh, just when you look at Utah also recruiting wise, right? Like this is another thing that would boost Utah's recruiting bump, right? We talked about getting the, the bump in recruiting from being not just a one-time Pac-12 championship champion, but being back-to-back -back Pac-12 champions. We saw it with the best recruiting class that Utah's ever gotten before. And Utah's 2023 recruiting class was um, the highest rated of any future Big 12 member. Yes, Oklahoma and Texas, current Big 12 members, both had higher 23 recruiting class than Utah, but Utah's 20th ranked class would be of the members who are going to be in the conference in 24. It's the best of that grouping. They're once, they were one spot above TCU. So three-peating would only put Utah in a stronger position to land even more recruits overall. And just in general, I mean, this Utah football team, I think they are the Big 12 at least the majority of fans I've seen. Look, I know there's some social media noise, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, most people seem pretty fired up to be adding Utah to the Big 12, which, as they should be. It's a good football program. And, you know, whenever you're in a conference, or a lot of times, as the SEC loves to do, they love to root for their other teams, right, because it makes their conference stronger. When you have a team like Utah, who's going to be capable of going into the college football playoff and beating some of those other teams, that's going to bolster the brand that is the Big 12. So I think they should be excited to add Utah. And this is a Utah team that their last three full seasons 
19, 21, and 22. Took out the COVID year. That was a weird year for everyone, as we talked about many times. Utah's won 31 games. That would be the most of any Big 12 team in that span. So the last three college full college football seasons, Utah's won more games than any current Big 12 member overall. That's not even a stat that's going to be impacted by them three-peating. It's just a stat to show you what a good position this Utah football program is in. Their brand is on the rise, and I don't see it slowing down. Even if they don't three-peat as Pac-12 champions, I just think that they've shown they can compete at that level. They belong in the discussion with the elite teams in college football. They continually find themselves ranked in the top 15 of every preseason poll, even if they're at 14, a lot of them, and they should be higher in my opinion. But um, overall, this Utah brand is in a great position, but it can always be better, and doing it and winning a third straight and the final Pac-12 championship. I'll, I'll throw that in there as well. Like I just think like when you talk about Utah, they're like, they they were they three-peated and they won the final Pac-12 championship. I just think that's something that would be cool to say. The final Pac-12 championship as we know it, which what could be play out as one of the best Pac-12 football seasons we've ever seen, belongs in Rice Eccles Stadium. That's where at Utah, that's where the trophy resides. I think that's something that would be cool for Utah to have. And especially when you compare that with a three-peating, ooh, that would just be special for this Utah team overall. So it's something that I hope that they can accomplish. And I think they got a great chance to do so with such a talented roster. And a three-peating would only continue to help their brand evolve into the next level and just help them land better recruits and just put them in stronger position and stronger footing to be more respected nationally and just continue to do what they want to do and take steps closer and closer to it's not just making a college football playoff but i'm sure eventually this team would love to be someone that has a chance to do like what a tcu did a couple years ago and compete for a national championship and before everyone says that crazy once again at this time last year no one thought tcu would be competing for a national championship so uh, all you have to do is get in with the new playoff format and anything can happen so it's going to be interesting to see if Utah is able to three-peat and become one of just 11 teams then if they could do it, 12, depending on if Michigan could do it, to do so overall. But one of the things that will be essential in Utah's efforts to three-peat is going to be their wide receiving core. We are going to come back and talk about what we expect out of them in 2023 in one second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now when you've been on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Do you think Patrick Mahomes and the speaking of repeating, do you think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to repeat? And you guys can bet on them to win the Super Bowl and you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. What about the Eagles? There's so many other great teams. I'm a Vikings fan personally, so I'm hoping that uh they could do it. But uh yeah, that hasn't happened a long time. So I, I'm not being too optimistic about that. But if I wanted to, I could get on a pretty sweet deal from FanDuel, and you guys can as well, because you can just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you guess bonus bets for every victory. And you can use those bonus bets to bet on things like the spread, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. So make sure you guys head over to our friends at FanDuel and get in on that great and very generous offer that they have running right now. Alrighty, let's talk about the Utah wide receiver position. We've continued to kind of preview the various positions on the teams. Yesterday, the running backs uh, on Tuesday's show, I believe, I did the offensive line overall. So we'll kind of keep these uh, receiver these positional previews coming. I may do one on Friday's show. It depends on the news we get out of the what I believe is we'll hear from the players one last time before uh, kind of fall camp is uh, is done with, and then they kind of enter their like in season mode a little bit, getting ready for the Florida game. Uh, so it depends on the quotes we get out of that. If I do another position tomorrow, but like I said, let's keep it rolling with the receivers today. And uh, this is a group that I am high on. I think they have a chance to be even better than they were last year. I think when you look at, you have your two top receivers back from a season ago, you added two really talented and exciting transfers. 
And you got a young star in the making to me and Mikey Matthews, who I just think is going to make a couple plays this year. And I'll even throw it. I think you got a wild card in Makai Cope. I don't really know what to expect out of Makai Cope. He's a guy who I still remember back the spring catch he made. Uh, he's a guy who was targeted and, and caught a couple balls last year overall. And uh, yeah, I just think he's kind of a fun wild card that I'm curious to see what he's going to be able to do. And when you're talking about the Utah receivers, the guy that's first going to jump to your mind is, of course, Devon Vele after he had 55 catches last year, 695 yards. It's an average of 12 yards a catch and five touchdowns downs overall and Vele was the breakout star for this Utah football team going back to the spring of 22 and he carried that out and had an exceptional season last year we saw his chemistry with Cam Rising and the thing I love about Vele personally overall is just the length I mean he's a guy that you know him and the connection he has with Cam right I mean you know Cam trust Devon Vele his size is rare at the position 6'5 210 uh, good speed overall I, I do like the way he adjusts to balls in the air I think he can be better at it but I still think he made some pretty nice catches overall uh, last season. These guys just tough to cover that big catch radius because he is six, five overall. Is he one of the top five, top three best receivers in the pack 12? Probably not, but I do think he's a guy who could be a top 10 guy. I love the consistency he brings. I know he's willing to block on the outside and I trust him in one-on-one -on -one situations to make a play. And also once again, had a really good season last year, 600 yards. I think he's got a chance to get even more than that. Even with the Brant Keithy coming back and some of the other talented pieces, this team has added because of how strong him and cam's connection is. He's a guy who's capable of making big plays and he's guys capable of making things happen at every field level. Needing to catch a quick slant. He can do that for you. Needing to run a more complex route. He can also do that. And of course he's a guy who can burn you deep as well, just because of his length, and uh, long strides defensive backs have trouble staying with him. So I am a big fan of Devon Vele. Um, I think it was the right decision for him to come back just because of how loaded the receiver position is in the draft pretty much every season. But uh, I think this year is a chance for him to get even stronger, have a special year with Cam hopefully being healthy. Although we know, uh, look, he's a guy who he's going to be able to get open. So I think if Bryson or whoever were to start the first game would still be able to get him the ball as well. So uh, I'm a big fan of Devon Vele. And uh, Devon Vele was the guy we all expected to break out the wide receiver position. There was also a kind of guy who, as the season wore on, really started to break out for this Utah football team last year. And that was, of course, Money Parks. Money Parks had 26 receptions last year for 414 yards. He averaged 15 yards a catch. And as for Utah pass catchers in the top five in yards for this Utah team a year ago, that 15 yards per catch was the leader. The leader overall for yards per catch is not surprisingly Thomas Yasmin, who had 301 yards for 20, an average of 23 yards a catch. We'll talk about the tight ends in a future episode, but uh, and possibly tomorrow. But uh, that's just one of those wow stats. But uh, Money's just one of those guys who's a big play threat, right? He is his connection. He got open for, I believe, it was a 49 to 50 yard pass against USC. Um, when Utah's offense was struggling a little bit in that game, it looked like they might get blown out early on. Money Parks had a huge play, got them down to like the one-yard line, I think it was, and then Utah was able to get back into the game. It's because Parks has that ability to make those explosive plays. And, of course, that wasn't the last explosive play he made against the Trojans because later on in the Pac-12 championship game that season, we saw him convert that huge third and 19. Was there some abysmal tackling by the Trojans? Yes, but you got to give credit to Money Parks for making the play and making things happen, running hard, and just still a guy who I do think has the potential to make guys miss, but I just love the speed. I think he's a guy who can take the top off a of defense overall, and uh, he was a guy who made some nice plays in the Utah spring game as well, so I'm expecting Money Parks to still have a really strong year. Is he going to be third or fourth in this team in receiving yards? Probably. It's hard to predict where exactly he'll finish because – Parks was a returner who did a lot of solid things, and I do really like money. Like I said, especially as kind of the deep threat. I like him as the number two kind of the deep guy, and then you get Vele, the kind of lengthy all-around number one receiver. 
And then I'm really interested to see what these next two guys are going to do, right? You brought in two transfer receivers, the first one being Micah Pittman, the second Emory Simmons, who I think provide different things, but should both have a lot of success with this Utah team. First, let's start with Pittman. Him and Cam have a history a little bit. They played together in the past, going back to their high school days and uh, some of the younger days as well. You guys can correct me in the comments if it wasn't high school days. I thought I saw it was high school days. But either way, they played together in the past. Cam really wanted to add Pittman. They were able to do it. He's got last year for Florida State, 32 receptions for 330 yards and three touchdowns with the Seminoles. And he also had 85 an 85-yard game and a two-touchdown game against Wake Forest. And during his time in Oregon, had 38 receptions for 547 yards and two touchdowns with the Ducks. We've already seen, look, trust in, between a receiver and a quarterback is everything. We've already seen, just based on even some of the camp highlights, and I'm not overreacting to camp highlights and saying this, but Pittman and Cam have connected on a couple nice plays. There's, I'm not, don't feel like I'm overreacting by saying like they could have a nice connection this coming season because I'm not predicting Pittman to be the top receiver on this team. I'd still be shocked if it wasn't Brant Keithy one just for pass catchers. I should say Brant Keithy one, Devon Bailey two. But I do I think Pittman could be three? Absolutely. I mean, he's a special playmaker. I, I in my opinion, we've seen some of the electric punt returns he had last year. I do expect him to fill that role in for Utah this coming season. Um, just a quick guy who can create separation, um, does a good job adjusting to the ball in the air as well. Guy does a good job. I'd love to see him using the receiver screen game. I think he's a guy, and that's something Utah's used in the past, we know, uh, to get their playmakers opportunities on the outside because if, in order to play receiver at Utah, you have to be able to block, so all of them are able to do it. But uh, I am a fan of Pittman. I think he's just has the potential, whether it's lining up in the slot, or I think if you wanted, he could play a little bit on the outside too. I'd like him probably more so in the slot based on his height, but I just think he's the guy who can make things happen with the ball in his hands and uh, create separation. And even though he's not the biggest, he tracks the ball well in the air, so he can make things happen overall. Uh, but a little bit of different size-wise, but also still a transfer addition, is Emory Simmons, who comes over from Indiana last year with the Hoosiers, had 37 catches for 408 yards and a touchdown. And he also had a season-high last year, 99, or excuse me, including a season-high 99-yard game with six catches against Maryland. So he is a guy capable of putting up big numbers, not just like a guy who's going to catch one ball and kind of fizzle out. Um, and he had a career-high 110 receiving yard game against Georgia Tech back in 2021 as a junior against USC. And when you're talking about Simmons overall, too, he's a guy 6'1", 182 overall. It is funny to see he's only 6'1", too, because then Pittman's only six feet. But just based on what I've seen of them in their various highlights and the different things I've watched, it just seems to me like Simmons plays a little bit bigger. I just, like I said, maybe it's just the, the length and the longer strides, maybe slightly. But either way, Simmons to me is going to be a guy who's going to have an explosive, some explosive plays for this Utah team this coming season. I think he's going to be the guy who... Um, it's going to be tough. Like I said, if I had to just predict like who the three receivers will be, I think it's going to be some combination of Vele, uh, Pittman and Parks. But I mean, Simmons has played a lot of college football and go back to North Carolina and then also going to Indiana. So could he be the, th the third or fourth guy even and push Parks back? Maybe I between Parks, Simmons and Pittman, you could give me all the different combinations that those guys could finish in. And I would believe every single one of them because I think they're all really good players and just depending on who it breaks right for, they could all be in for really big seasons overall. So Simmons, I think he's definitely going to, even if he's not one of the first three guys, I think he's, we're going to see him come in at some point in the season and make a big 30 or 40 yard catch, or could be even be a guy who gets a six, another 60, like a 60 yard touchdown, which is something I believe he had during his time at a, either with the Hoosiers or the Tar Heels overall, I'm trying to remember which one, but um, yeah, I like Simmons as well. I think he's a big play threat guy. Um, can he run the other route? Sure. But 
I just think because of the size and the arm length he has, I like him going deep a little bit more too. I just think he's capable of uh, making those big time plays like he made with both Indiana and North Carolina too. But uh, this is a really good receiving core. That's four really good receivers, especially for a team like Utah that is still going to run the ball more than they throw, right? This is a run heavy team. But uh, when you do get in shootouts and you very well might because of how talented all the quarterbacks in the Pac-12 are, you want to have receivers who can make things happen on the outside and in the slot. And I believe Utah has that in four proven guys. But they also have a guy in Mikey Matthews, who I think is a lot of fun and I think has a chance to do some special things. In the spring game, actually, I can't remember now if Money Parks or if Mikey Matthews led the team in receiving yards. But either way, they both had a really good spring game. And uh, Matthews was exceptional. He's a smaller guy. He's a true slot receiver. But even his after the very first spring practice, Kyle Whittingham came up to the media and was like, I don't, I think he just said Britton Covey. I don't think anyone asked like, oh, does he remind you of Britton Covey? I think he just straight up said, oh no, I see some Britton Covey in him. Like that is a hugely high compliment. We know how early Britton Covey contributed as well. I do think Mikey Matthews is going to have a chance to do that just because of how quick he is, uh, the quick feet, the shiftiness, the route running. I do think he's going to be a guy who creates separation and shortened, uh, that Utah could look to. So I expect Mikey Matthews to do play a role in this team. I don't think he's going to redshirt. I think he'll grab a couple passes. He's not going to be a mainstay. He's going to be a guy we talk about more in the next segment where we're looking towards the future. But look for Mikey Matthews to make a couple grabs. And uh, then the wild card I do want to get to as we're talking to the present, like 2023, is Mikai Cope. Mikai Cope is a guy who um, I could see if you tell me Cope had under 100 yards receiving, I could absolutely see it. If you told me he went uh, over 200 yards, I could see that as well. I just think depending on how injuries and other things play out, he's a guy who could see some times. I'm not banking on it for sure, but it's something I could see happening just because of this Utah receiver room. I do feel like it's pretty deep, but Cope's shown some signs of making plays. I mentioned the one-handed grab he's had, but even last year was just on some on the field in some big moments and big plays and uh, has been in the system obviously longer than a guy like Matthews, Pittman, and uh, – Simons. So, or excuse me, Simmons. So this is where I think he will have a chance to get on the field and uh, make some plays for Utah. And I'd be excited if he does, because I do think he's a guy who's uh, shown the ability to kind of do some of the things the other guys have, right? Get open, uh, make some spectacular grabs. Can he do it as high level? Consistency is the biggest thing with me for Cope, right? We've seen the plays, the flashes, the moments, but consistency will be the big thing overall. And that'll also be the thing for Pittman, right? I mentioned he had the one 85 yard, two touchdown game last year. If he could have, um, that's great having one of those, but obviously you want to have even more to be considered an elite college football receiver, right? So that's where Pittman's not that yet. I think he could be, but since he's not yet, that leaves the door cracked open for a Makai Cope to be able to do some things this coming season for the Utah football team. But even if Cope and Matthews don't produce a ton, I think they both could be in big roles for this team in the future because both Vele, I actually just blanked on what your money parks is. So that's really quick. Uh, I got it pulled up. Money parks is a junior, so he could come back for another year if he wanted. Um, and probably would, honestly. I just don't know how. Like I said, it's just going to be hard. I don't know how many passes he's going to be able to catch this coming season because how loaded this uh this pass catching corpse is for the Utah receivers. So I, I could see him coming back. So more than likely, the odds on favorites to probably be the three receivers for Utah next year would be some combination of Money Parks, Ma- Mikey Matthews, and Makai Cope. So if you get those guys in, you all have proven players. Because like I said, after this year, I expect Matthews to catch some passes. So proven players who have done some things for you um, that have a lot of upside and athleticism that you like to, but I just feel good about the future of the receiver position in general. I mean, let's look at some of the other guys that uh, Utah has. We haven't even talked about a potential guy who could produce a little bit this year is Maneer McLean, who is a guy who used to be a tight end, I believe, but has made the switch over to receiver. We'll see how involved he is in the offense. Sidney and Bannister is a guy, just just the intangible and athletic traits, right? 6'5", 214 has always been a guy. Um, I've been curious about what he can do. Uh, Det- Zipper is another dude, a, a freshman out of Lakeland, Florida, who I think is a guy who next year, he's only a freshman this year, so I don't think we'll see him a ton this year just because I loaded the pass-catching receiving core is for this Utah football team, but 
Next year's a guy I could see doing some things too. And that's without even mentioning a four-star who this Utah team will be bringing in as a true freshman in David Washington, who's a top 50 receiver in the class of 24 right now. And uh, he's going to team in, he's going to be a guy who could be catching passes from Wilson, Nate Johnson, Brandon Rose, Bryson Barnes, whoever it could be uh, next coming season. There's a, there's a lot of guys who I think could produce uh, and do some special things for this Utah team going forward to the future. And I'm also excited because Alvis Witted is this team's receiving coach, a guy with NFL experience, a guy who's been a receiver coach at Wisconsin. He's added two talented transfers. So I expect Utah to add more talent in the transfer portal in the next few years. I expect them to continue to land talented receiver recruits, just tying everything we've been talking about together because I think Utah is going to continue to win and therefore, and also develop guys. So you want to win. Yet developed, have an opportunity to play early. All the things we've talked about, kind of the big three uh, rec- recruiting pitch that Utah can offer that allows them to get some of these uh, four-star recent recruits that they've been able to land. I think Witted is the guy to pitch that as well. And also he can even say, like, I've worked with Devontae Adams. Like, that's the kind of thing. Like, you just say, like, um, I was a receiver coach for the Packers. Like, I worked for I worked with Devontae Adams. Like, that's the kind of thing. Like, oh, he helped. He just worked with Devontae Adams. He knows what goes into being one of the best receivers in the NFL. All these guys dream about playing in the NFL. I think that would catch their ear a little bit, and they'd want to hear more about that and potentially be interested in joining this Utah program for the chance to work with Coach Witted overall. But look, Utah's going to be a running team for a long time, right? I still think after even after Coach Witt is done, I would ex- I still expect Morgan Scalley to be named the next head coach. We'll see. Anything can happen, but I just don't see a culture shock, right, where this Utah team becomes a a pass happy big 12 team, like some of the other teams in the big 12 are. And I think those teams are a lot of fun. They do a good job with that, but that's just not Utah's brand of football. They're a physical defensive minded team. And I expect them to be that going forward. Still, they they're going to want to run the ball, take care of it will always be the priority, but they've gotten better at airing it out. And I think they're going to continue to get better. Will the ratio ever be a perfect 50, 50? I don't have the number of um, in front of me, what it was exactly last season. No, but it does feel like this team's priority is always going to be to establish the run, just the offensive mindset of it. But that doesn't mean you can't have pass catchers. You can make special plays like the tight ends have been in the past. And like some of the receivers like Vele had a really exceptional year last year. So whether it's David Washington, Mikey Matthews, Mikai Cope, Money Parks next year, or just talking about the future and some of the potential guys that we don't know that will join this team that definitely will in the future. I like the where this Utah receiving core is headed in. And I like the future of the Utah receiver position with Coach Witted helming it and the talented recruits. I believe they're going to continue to bring in. But just going back to the 23 season, I think Vele, Park, Simmons, Pittman, Matthews, maybe even Cope, I think those guys are going to have a really good season for this team. And all of them will make, with the exception of Makai Cope, like I said, he's just the wild card to me. But I do think Matthews, Pittman, Simmons, Parks, and Vele will all make multiple big plays for this team. And especially Vele, I think, will have multiple 100-yard receiving games this coming season. Just the next – he's looked unbelievable in practice, catch radius, all those type of things. I, I think he's going to continue to make some big plays for this Utah football team overall. And I still think Brett Keithy will lead this team receiving yards, but I wouldn't rule it out that Devon Vele does just because of the growth and just, you know – of course, Brant's still trying to get back healthy. We've—I uh, don't think he's been completely cleared. We saw a report either, so uh, that's just an opportunity that Vele is going to have to maybe start the season off even hotter than him, and uh, maybe lead this team receiving yards. So, a lot of interesting things. We'll see what can happen. And uh, the cool thing is, as the time you guys are listening to this episode, there is only two weeks away from the Florida game. That's right, two weeks from the time you are listening to this, it will be game day. Utah will be taking on the Florida games. Florida Gators, geez, Florida Gators, JT, <laughs> Florida Gators a little bit later that night. So it's going to be a lot of fun to check it out. And we got a ton more to preview, whether it's reacting to the latest comments made by the Utah players tomorrow, previewing the other positions and getting ready for the Florida game. There is still so much to do before the season gets underway. And it's a great time to have us so close to football. So make sure you guys keep it at Locked Audience where we'll keep the content rolling and have a fantastic Thursday.